<laughs> Gosh, John, I forget how good you are at karate. That's incredible. I know, man. I mean, it's all about the right belt. It is. Timing you know? or your leather belt. Exactly. I, I feel like maybe, is that not, that's what you meant. Not really, okay. but speaking of, oh, Dave, wow, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to transition to okay. save you. <laughs> Finally, Dave, Yeah. warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that I don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. Hey, Dave, I know exactly Sorry. Sorry, what I didn't you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock around is the solution. They've been making high-quality shades that don't break the bank okay. since 2005. Oh, wow. And they've actually been my personal go-tos for years. Oh, yeah. I love Knockaround, John. They have over 20 different frame styles, so there's something for everyone, including tons of kids' pairs. That's right. So whether you're looking to rep your favorite sports teams, mm-hmm. you know, like you're a sports guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> spend some relaxation time in the yard, yep. or cruise down Broadway with the windows down oh. like Dave does uh-huh. all the time. All the time. Every Tuesday and Thursday mm-hmm. and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Knock around. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. All of their lenses have UV 400 protection, which is basically like sunscreen for your eyes, which, by the way, I've tried that, and it hurts. <laughs> Use the sunglasses, everybody. With polarized adult pairs starting at 28 bucks. you can get a few pairs to leave in your car, toss in your beach bag, or lend to a friend in need. Dave, that is such a good price I that I might buy a pair just to intentionally lose them. I don't love that logic, John, but I know, you do but have a history of misplacement. It's not around Don't fight me because like of the karate stuff. But it could so. be perfect for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Dadville fans, don't squint through family beach days yeah. or trips to the park. Check out knockaround.com and use the promo code DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order. That's DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. Yeah. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Street. Um... Kirk, you look so tan and like <laughs> for camera. Oh no, I just I yeah. golf a little bit, but I outside with my kids. There it is. Uh, there it is. Yeah, I was like, uh, whatever filter you use. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Our main <laughs> objective of this interview is getting that. It's <laughs> just getting that oh, shine. Are you guys both in Nashville? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Are you Are you down in Franklin right now? Well. We, when we first moved down to Nashville, we were in Laurel Brook, and we mm-hmm. lived there for about a year or two. And then we found a lot in Bell Mead. We built oh nice. There. So we built there about seven or eight years ago. And then all my sons, I have four boys. Yep. Three of them were in college, and one of them uh, was at CPA. And oh yeah. We were like, you know, my mom's in her early eighties. My wife's mom at the time was in her early eighties. And we had two sons going to Ohio State. We're like, why don't we, we wanted to send him to a different high school in Cincinnati. It's called Cincinnati St. Xavier. Mm, yeah. And so we decided to keep our house in Nashville, move up here where we are in Cincinnati oh, for, gotcha. for four years, and then move back after he graduates. Yeah. Nice. Look Cincinnati is the city that like every single time I come over the hill and I see that yeah. skyline. Yep. It is bigger than I remember it every yeah. single time. Yeah. I'm always like, man, Cincinnati is 
It's a big city. It is. Like, yeah, you come around in Kentucky, you come down the hill and around the turn, and it's like right on you. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm I, actually going to be there next week. I'm doing these backyard shows, oh, these cool. private things. And I haven't oh, been cool. it forever, but we're doing one. I don't even know where it is, but um, okay. yeah, in the natty. Oh, good. Nasty. It's very different from uh, what we have grown accustomed to in, in Nashville. I mean, I went back to Nashville. I get We get back a lot. I was back there this last weekend. And we went to a new restaurant. Oh man, Steakhouse, right across from Beeman Auto. Um, oh, right by the Con. There's a new Conrad uh, Hotel. Mm -hmm. It's right next to it. Um, I don't know what that is because it's probably new, isn't it? Yeah, it's only been open in like five days. Oh and, wow! Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. I and like I love being you know in Nashville, the different restaurants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cincinnati, there's like Skyline Chili. <laughs> then there's another Skyline Chili, a couple miles. Another Skyline. <laughs> there's La Rosa's Pizza, if you want, if you want some yes. pizza. Uh -huh. <laughs> They're just, you just don't have the. Oh, yeah. Don't have that. And, and yeah, that's yeah. Why the, I, I thought the cranes by now would stop. Oh, no. Holy cow. They've it's like insane. intensified. There, yeah. there's, there's more. Those cranes have had baby cranes. Oh, and my now God. They're they just, just slowly, won't stop. They're slowly taking you, you see, of the gulch on this side of Broadway. And yeah. then I don't know what the new thing is on the other side of Broadway, right opposite of the Gulch, but that's where there's- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Growth yeah. going yeah. on over there. Gulch yeah. Junior, Gulch yeah. 2.0. Gulch 2.0. Yeah. So yeah. Kirk, I don't know if you remember this, but we have met before. Oh yeah. Many moons ago. Yeah. One of my favorite show stories of all time, because I'm playing with Vince, Yeah. Uh, Gil and Brett James, and yeah. uh, I remember seeing in the crowd, I was like, oh man, that's Kirker, that's cool. And yeah. you know, you're jamming along. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the best parts. So, you know, Brett had that room sort of above the barn where, oh, yeah. You know, we were all hanging before. Yeah. And I remember like afterwards and we talked, and I, I have laughed about this so many times because we, I mean, you were just the night, like as you, it's right now, just the nicest guy we're chatting. <laughs> and I just remember you emphasizing <laughs> so many times over and over because something about music would come up and you go like, and you always say, you'd be like, they just, I just don't know. I don't know. Like, like Dave, yeah. I don't know anything about music. I and I was like, okay, well, sure. And we'd yeah. talk a little more and I'd refer something. You'd be like, yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I just want to say it again, Dave. Like, I don't I, know I've much come, about I've come a little bit living <laughs> okay. in Nashville. I've come a little bit. But, but I, I just, I just like, I know, I know so there was a record called so adamant. You were just, yeah, yeah there's some guy. I was adamant, adamant about it. I'm adamant. Adamant. But well, dude, look, I'm telling you. I that was I, we'd only been there for a short time. Yeah, yeah, you guys. I, just I'd never out. heard of of uh, songwriter night or you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. I'm yeah. just I'm sitting in my chair like he wrote that song. Like I I could <laughs> I could not believe it. I was just I could have sat there all night and listened to you guys. Well, what know. was so fun is that, that that was the energy. I just remember we were talking like you were just. Uh, it was, was so much so fun. You were just, your eyes were just, you were like, I can't. And it was like, you guys sit up there. And then you were just, and I was like, what? yeah. And I was sitting going, but yeah, but you played. And then you yeah, sit there. Yeah, and you. then immediately you were like, yeah. but I just remember the whole, I, whole night. I'm just the like, was. I just can't believe. <laughs> I'm fascinated with music where you guys come up with, I guess, the, the words first. And then you, and then how do they, how does everybody make a song sound different? I mean, there's millions of songs and they all sound different. I'm just, I just don't understand how that well, works. Look, the thing about music that this is how I feel when I'm writing a song, 
you know, it's like this gift from above, right? Yeah. And you write the song and it's done. And then in between writing songs, I feel exactly like how you, what you're describing. I'll hear Dave will play a new song for me when I'm in between writing. And I'm like, how did you, how did you write that song? You just wrote That's it? Me. That's me. And if it makes you feel any better, all, all, if you take all of my college football knowledge that is up in here, 95% of it, Kurt, came from your book that I just read. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know what the other 5% is. Oh, yeah, that's it, hilarious. That's yeah. hilarious. That yeah, is, I, just, I just, you know, it's just an area that I, you know, everybody has their thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, I, did, I, I was the guy that thought, and I may have already told you this, you know, because I've become friends with a lot of these artists. Yeah, yeah. And I... I was friends with Kenny before I moved to town, just because you know how he is. Whenever yeah. he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. he reaches out to yeah. athletes, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I met him like in 2000, and we became. My, I have a little group of friends since high school, and still my best friends to this day. So mm. I would go to his shows, and they'd come with me. Mm -hmm. We probably did that for 10 years before we moved to Nashville. And my friends and his friends were from high school. The guys selling merch and David Farmer and all the guys, and so we all like this would hit it off in the vibe room before or after. For 10 years we almost became like wow. we we're all best friends from high school kind of thing yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool and i just assumed kenny wrote i didn't know the industry i just thought he wrote every song mm -hmm. and then i get around you guys <laughs> and brett james and i'm like brett's like yeah this next one uh we were down at st john's yeah that's right that's right i'm like what you know like we went what was it we went out last night or oh something? yeah yeah that's right that's right and he tells that story and i'm just like that the guys that wrote all the songs are the ones that should be making all the money, you know, and the ones that should be the faces. They're of. definitely not making. You know what would be funny is if you and John, we should do a game show of you and John, because I'm realizing sitting that you guys are basically <laughs> the perfect opposites. Like John's yes. football knowledge and your music knowledge would make for an amazing <laughs> game show. Yeah. Just like, just like a Whenever buzzer. I'm in conversations with like friends of mine and, they'll, you know, talking about college football and they'll be like, I'll, I'll say, guys, I, I really don't know anything about college football. And they'll be like, yeah, but, but you know so-and-so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Herschel like, Walker. No, no, no. You're like, yeah, I got it. No, Herschel you know, Walker, and what's man. funny is that I've met, so my brother-in-law is a huge sports fan, knows everything about every sport, right? Huge college football fan. And I will meet some people at like the like a random gala or yeah. something like that yeah. and i'm like okay i gotta remember that guy's name because i'm a really <laughs> football player yeah he's gonna quiz and i'll text colin and i'll be like hey i just what does this name mean to you and he'll just send yeah. back like expletives like this right. this is wasted on you you idiot <laughs> you, you idiot. idiot yeah that was we did this event years ago and for mark and mark Richt was added his son was this and so he was like hey why don't y'all come back and this is when he was at silly georgia yeah uh john that's the legendary you know head Georgia. coach just one of the greatest men ever georgia's so, next to the atlantic ocean let's go thirty thousand. but i remember my band it was so funny because they just are not football guys and we're in his house eating pizza just kicking it with he and his wife and a few other people I mean, it was just this wonderful yeah. moment of you know just i mean you, you do this a lot kirk yeah. you know, those moments but and i just sat there laughing it was like i can think of five people any downs being one of them who you know you've on our podcast who would literally give blood like right. give maybe an appendage to be in this room oh, and my sure. keyboard players like now mark tell me 
tell me again what you or do you work for the universities and of course is there a kind i do yeah and he's like that's great he's like what do you do there? i'm just like, over there thinking, like oh there's God. something that's so beautiful about which department are you in <laughs> you know what's funny is a guy like mark richter me actually appreciates that yes you know what I mean? yes like, that's exactly right i like this guy yeah, yeah, this keep him around. Guy. Like this I, I can, I can right actually here. trust trust this guy. He's not trying to get something. Because John, our world, and I tell Kenny and Luke and all these guys all the time. Like you guys make people happy. They sing a song and they're holding their drink. We we make people angry. You know, we, like Mark Rick will go from like he's the greatest coach ever yes. to fire that mf yeah 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 yeah. his whole career oh for me i can say i think florida's gonna be georgia and they're like i hate him yeah yeah i always hated him it's just like oh well you know one of the things that i thought about yeah when i was reading your book is like there because there's some similarities like you an artist puts out their first record and they acquire whatever fans they acquire right and then when they put their sophomore album out it's always polarizing it's always like you always get fans who get upset with you, right? Yeah. And I actually had this segment on uh, something I did on social media where I went back and read horrible uh, reviews of mine, mm-hmm. of my second album. Because yeah. you do a different album and your fans get upset. But eventually, people just leave and they go, you know, they're not your fan anymore, whatever. And then you're, yeah. you're just left with your fans. But with in your world... And I was so struck by like the crazy situations where you would describe like, you know, the coach who like had a had a winning record, like the the winningest record, but didn't beat Michigan, you yeah. know, and how polarizing that is. It's like you're you're connected to the team. So like yeah. you never have that sort of settling of the dust where, you know, people yeah. don't leave me bad reviews anymore because it's like, well, by now you've moved on. Right. You're right. not still. But it's like, no, if you're a, a Buckeye fan, you're going to be connected to the team yeah. and then you're going to, you know. Yeah. That's funny that you guys would ever get any bad reviews on anything. I, oh, I, my I get, gosh. That's, that's me being naive to that industry. But you make people happy. You know, I, I just don't know how. You do until you don't. You uh, do, exactly. <laughs> well, the people who are mad at you are the people you made happy. And that, now you're not making them happy. Exactly right. They get mad. They okay. get mad because they're like, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, if you want to listen to the first album, you can. It's still there, right? Just yeah. go listen to it. This is yeah. a different album, you know. It, it's right. a, it's a weird, and I mean, Kirk, obviously, Kirk, you, 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 I imagine with all of the teams, maybe even especially with Ohio State, with your time there, and obviously having played there too. But like, it's a little. I think it's probably a little bit of the same. You you bring these people joy, which is really sweet. They hear your record, they hear a song, whatever, and so they go, okay, now Dave, John, you know, Kenny Chesney, whoever is now. I can trust him to make me happy. Like, congrats, you know, here's your little pin. Now sort of put you in this little corral of people who make me happy. So the problem is then when you write the song that doesn't make them happy or they, then they're like, Hey, wait a second. This is not the deal we have. You let me down. And so I, this is something I had to learn really early in my career is like the same people who get that mad at you. Actually, the reason they're that mad is because they like you that much. And so you have to really do this mental game of going, okay, Believe it or not, this person is actually kind of coming from a good place because they really do care about you. It's just that that anger, you know, that love has been now distorted into this frustration because, uh, but it's actually, it is passion. It's a very deep passion. I mean, you you see that so much with with, uh, football fans, you know, where it's like they, I mean, you talk about Rick, but like they love him until they hate him. 
Yeah. You know, and it's a weird, you sort of have to live. I mean, like John said, we don't have to deal with it, anything like that, but you do have to kind of navigate these. I've never been hit uh, with a marshmallow filled with quarters (laughs) like you have. (laughs) That that is. What a creative, what a creative attack. Yeah, you got to tip your hat to the, yeah. the prep that went I, into I, that. Great yeah. effort. Yeah. Great effort. Really but the, the rotten tomato just splatting all over the back of your uh, oh, head. That was, that that's was just, so yeah, you disgusting. said this and actually I, I didn't even, I wouldn't even plan on talking about this, but I think this is really a fat, a fascinating thing you just said and really huge kudos to you for this. How have you kept, cause this to me, I mean, I, I don't, this is a whole other time for another whole podcast but i think as we get older as guys and as men talking about dads and dad bill but like it's hard to have friends right i mean you look at your i mean you may be one of the busiest people we've talked to kirk without how much stuff you have going on i know it's seasonal to some degree for you but not really um how have you stayed friends with all those guys from high school that's amazing probably because um they they've known me since before I became a guy that lived yeah. in the public uh, eye. And um, there's a bond there that's mm. that's 100% genuine and the love that's just real. And mm-hmm. I think there's an appreciation on from me that they, we just have so much history mm. there that I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of an introvert as a person. Mm. And so when I meet new people, I'm gracious and polite, but I'm a little bit guarded on uh, opening up mm. to them. And so what I've found is I, I really need to get to know you yeah. before I can trust you, before I can. I have friends that trust first and then get disappointed. Right. And I, right. I tend to be a guy just I just ease into situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I. You know, because I have friends of mine today that I've met in Nashville that are really I'm really, really close with. But I I went through a journey with them to get to that point where I could, you know, kind of expose my heart and open up to them and talk to them about real things. Because I don't know, I just feel like today with with these things and, and, um, you know, all the stories that are out there, you know, you just have to be really careful with who you can really talk do you guys yeah. do, you, do y'all have like not this one's the wrong word but with this friend group are there things that what are the things y'all do that i think that's the thing that's so hard that i'm realizing we've talked about a lot on this podcast with other men who sort of are in this space or write about it but like there's so much intentionality you know what i mean you can't just i mean with a group of friends like that you can't go a year without communicating and suddenly pop up and be like hey we got our trip this weekend or maybe you can but do y'all have things that you've found that help y'all be close and stay close well yeah you know our common interests like for you guys music for us you know it's a lot about sports you know the camaraderie and, and the you know, the different stories that we've gone to we go on trips together you know mm. we do a Kentucky derby trip every year oh that's mm-hmm. fun um you know we'll go we'll go to you know a lot of times we'll go to a kenny show just because yeah we yeah, so, yeah. so we, we we make an effort to to connect in ways and then you know i i can behave in a way and you talk to anybody who's in, in my world whether it's tv or or as a coach or a player like you know you, you might behave like you like a normal person when you're on your back porch with your buddies mm-hmm. but you know you you have to live your life uh, as soon as you walk outside of your front door 
where there's a camera on you and a microphone on you yeah. at all times. And so when I get a chance to be with my buds and it's not that we're up to no good, it's just, right. you just, there's just like, it's just like you relax. Mm. You, you, there's just a, I can be myself. Yeah. I don't have to be like, Hey, everything's great. You know, I can just be, <laughs> I can just be myself and they, yeah. they know how I act because they've mm. known me since I was, you know, 15 years old. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I have two questions about that. One, like as you're describing that, I'm thinking about when, uh, you know, COVID was just starting to hit and it seemed like yep. you made that sort of, you had a moment on, on camera where obviously like this, you know, the script is being thrown out. No one's sure what's happening. And you kind of have this moment where you're just kind of speaking your mind mm -hmm. as you would with like your friends. Right. Yeah. And then it becomes this, you kind of, you made an accurate prediction that like, guys, this is going to be a whole thing. Like football is not happening this year. Baseball is not happening, et cetera, et cetera. And you really got a lot of heat over yeah. it, yeah. which I'm sure you've had many situations like that. And I'm sure all you need is a couple situations like that to make you really guard yourself. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like you're constantly um, over your career? Like I've wondered how much of the real Kurt gets to come out um, on camera or when things like that happen, are you like, no, I learned this lesson again. I need to like keep the walls up when I'm, when Kirk's in front of the camera, it's rehearsed Kirk. And then yeah. I can be myself, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair question. I, I've, I, one thing I've learned in this, my industry is I'm not good at really pretending I'm not good mm -hmm. at um, having a shtick. There are a lot of guys in my industry that have shticks. Like you see them on TV right. and you think they're that way. Then you meet them in person and they're like, it's like a completely different person. Wow. Yeah. For me, the way I'm talking to you guys right now, this is how I exactly mm -hmm. how I talk on air. The only thing is I prepared, you know, for a game that I'm calling or, a, you know, a bunch of games that I'm, I'm talking on a studio show on. But I, I just I'm trying to be myself. There's sometimes I'm usually my reputation is the voice of reason, you know, on, on college football. I try mm. to be a guy that's that's fair. I try mm -hmm. to be a body. I'm the opposite of which is very common in our world. They just kind of throw things against the wall and just say things just to kind of get under people's skin. There are a lot of people that like to do that because it creates it's kind of like a guy who writes a story in your world or mine. It's like a clickbait kind of story. Yeah, people yeah, totally. Read the headline. They're like, what? Click. Well, yeah. people do that on TV too. I've never really gone down that path. I never will. Hmm. So when I get passionate or I get emotional, it's real. You know, I'm not yeah. talented enough of a person to, you know, act something out. And so what you're talking about was I said, hey, this this COVID thing, because I ironically, I, I shouldn't say ironically, sadly, a friend of mine in early, early when this hit like March what, 20th of 2020, whatever it was, mm -hmm. like a week into it, a friend of mine who's a dentist, really healthy guy in Columbus, he got it. And he was in shape, really good health. And I would talk to him every day on the phone. And he was talking to me. And he was like, wheezing. And like, I was just like, and, I, and we're all watching on the news. And we're all like quarantined. And everyone's like, ah, it's like the flu. And I'm like, it's not like the flu. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he was like, I can't go to the bathroom. It feels like an elephant sitting on my chest. He was her. He was to walk to the bathroom and back. feels like I ran a marathon. And I'm mm -hmm. like, 
and he goes and it'll go away and then it just comes back with vengeance you know mm. and i'm and he had it for 13 days he almost got to a point where he wanted to tap out because it was just so so much Jeez. of it so anyway i was dealing with he, talking to him every day right when i went on the air and people were like ah this and I, I wasn't saying this needs to happen. I was just saying, this seems pretty serious. Like if this guy's going through this, I think a lot of people are probably mm. going to go through this. I don't think we're going to play football. I don't know how you play football without some kind of vaccine. And then it just became a big, what does he think he is? Some kind mm. of medical doctor. And, and, um, and so, yeah, I mean, you, you learn, but again, I'm a passionate person. And when I get passionate about something, I'm going to, I'm going to talk, you know, it's yeah. like, uh, later that season, we got into the fall and they played games in empty stadiums, which was really bizarre. Hmm. There was a, an entire movement and a, kind of a, the, the, the country was being divided with, about race. And at the time, you know, I have a lot of dudes, buddies of mine that are, who are black guys. And I started talking to them about their stories. And like, mm -hmm. have you, have you I know there's racism, but I think of racism like KKK out in the mm -hmm. sticks somewhere. Like, I don't right. think of racism like everywhere. And yeah. you, know, you start hearing these stories about guys and, you know, things that they experienced. And you're just like, man, that, I don't, I didn't realize that. And then you hear more and more stories. And, mm -hmm. and, and so I talked to a couple of coaches of mine, friends of mine, one guy at Stanford, a guy named David Shaw, and he, he, he was incredibly intelligent guy. And he gave you some really powerful quotes and it just kind of resonated with me. So we did a feature on this is at the beginning because this thing's kind of turned and gone mm -hmm. all kinds of places but this is the very beginning of this and i got very emotional what i didn't know mm -hmm. i was going to get emotional i thought i was just going to be my two options in my head because we were coming off a feature where they were they interviewed about eight or ten different black players and they, they all told different stories and um you know they were saying like if i have a texas sweatshirt on i get pulled over i'm okay and mm -hmm. if i don't have the sweatshirt on. I don't know what's going to happen. And I was just hearing some of these kind of stories. And I was like, this is ridiculous. You know, how is yeah. this even happening? And I thought when we came out of the feature, I was either going to kind of pull out a seven iron and keep it in the middle of the fairway and just take it mm -hmm. easy. Or I would open up and say what I was feeling. And I thought as I started to talk, I'm just going to use that seven iron, you know, yeah, there's a white male at this time, probably not the best time to have an opinion on anything. I'm just going to like, this is very sad. We need to, you know, and then as I kept going and I've read the quote that David Shaw gave me, I just, you know, I was like, oh no, I could feel it building. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh gosh. I was like, yeah. here, here I go. And then I just, and then I just kind of stumbled my way through a comment and man, you know, again, you get 80% of people are like, thank you for saying that. And you right. get 20% that are right. like, how dare you say that? It's like, sorry for how I feel. You know, I just right. said what I thought. But anyway, that was a long time ago. But yeah, you have those kind of moments and it does make you kind of say, should I really say what I think or mm. should I just keep that to myself? Dave. John, we all love summer, and our oh, kids yeah. especially love summer, but yep. we lose that consistent schedule of when kids are in school, and that yep. can create some summer child care problems. You know what? Thankfully, though, Dave, <gasps> there's a solution. What? Windy. That's W-Y-N-D-Y. Listen, it's an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These nannies are background checked, interviewed, 
And honestly, just awesome, Dave. That's right, John. And Wendy has been around for seven years and has been used by over 20,000 families. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy near you, working full or part-time. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash dadville to start searching for a nanny. And as a special offer, they're going to knock off 50 bucks wow. off your search yeah. if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of traditional nanny agencies Ooh. and no ongoing fees. Okay, so here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash dadville to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You can choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. That's right. Go to wyndy.com slash dadville. Dave. Uh, yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay, no. So do it again. Do it again. Okay. You ready? Yes. Dave. What's up? That's oh. that's on me. Do it a third time. That's me. Uh, Dave. John. Sorry. There gosh. We go. Yeah. What? I can't go till you uh, say my name. Gosh. You know, you might not know this about me, but... You're quite the cook. Oh, wow. You, <laughs> yes. you didn't know Yes. That. Yeah. I, I mean, your words, I, I know mine. that about you. And knowing that about you, I'm curious uh-huh. to say... What do you think your signature dish is? Like, what is the what is the John McLaughlin special? Well, you know, I've got that you know world famous truffle encrusted enchiladas okay. that I do. Okay, and then obviously I've got my gluten free mac and cheese with the basil aioli. Okay, I, so, now this is me just being honest because I feel like that's a big part of Dad Bills. I uh-huh. don't know what most of those words mean. Uh, okay, um, we can walk. I'll walk you through it. <laughs> okay, great. But but I bet, and this is this is just a shot in the dark that you use caraway cookware. You Am I right? bet I use caraway. Come on. And here's why: because okay. caraway homes' non-toxic kitchen wares are all designed for the modern home and feature a chemical-free ceramic coating so food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard-to-pronounce compound will leach onto your healthy ingredients. Oh, gosh. Listen, all sets come equipped with easy-access storage solutions mm-hmm. so that no stacking is required. Oh, no, you don't have to stack Gone. Wave goodbye to the days of misplacing your lids, <laughs> That's John. right. The cookware set takes the traditional 16-piece set and boils it down mm-hmm. to four essentials. A fry pan, saute pan, a saucepan, and of course, a Dutch oven. You know, the Dutch oven was my name on the basketball court. I did that, not know. The bakeware yep. set, let's talk about that. Okay. It's an assortment of non-toxic baking essentials every modern kitchen needs, so yep. you can get to baking goods without any of the bads. That's right. <laughs> Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like PFAS, mm-hmm. PTFE, PFOA, or other hard-to-pronounce yes. chemicals. Over 25,000 people have raved about their Caraway kitchen. Now it's time to try it for yourself. Visit carawayhome.com slash dadville to take advantage of this limited-time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our Dadville listeners, so visit carawayhome.com slash dadville or use code dadville at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. You know, something I wanted to ask you, it goes in line with what you're talking about. One, just your opinions and how you feel about things. But you being, you may be as much as anybody, Kirk. It's like you have been on the front lines um, of of sports culture, football cu- culture for really all of your life. You know, between mm-hmm. your dad, your family, um, you growing up playing yourself. Now you're calling games. One of the things that I think is so cool that you do, and I saw a picture um, of you doing this. And I, I thought, what a cool thing, because I know how much you love stories. Y- your story is so fascinating, which John and I talked so much about as we were prepping for it. But 
you sit with all of these athletes before the games and get their stories. I think that's maybe the coolest thing you do personally. Is it I not agree, just good to call? But yeah. you know, these guys come through and you sit and you. Talk. I love that picture of you on your Instagram. You're like leaning in you, you, as you're talking to one of these guys. Yeah. It's yeah. Th that to me is amazing because it's not just these are humans out there doing this thing, right? And they all have these yeah. crazy stories. But I, something I was so fascinated to hear you speak on and get your opinion around because you've been again like front lines for this thing is kind of youth sports culture, like how much it's changed. I think in the time you've, you've seen your boys all do it. They're still doing it. As you said, uh, your youngest, w what is it as you've walked through that? And then we have a lot of dads that obviously listen to this um, podcast three or 4 million. I think we kind of last week, uh, but like yes. as, yeah. as you're thinking at least, <laughs> but like, do you, what is, what is it that you've seen? And I think if you would have any wisdom to give me, you know, we have, John and I both have uh, younger children, um, all under 10. Um, and we're, you know, as they're enjoying sports and thinking about sports, but what is it that you've noticed? Uh, one from sitting and talking to these guys now in 2022, um, but also just with your boys and how, how have you, how are you thinking about that now? Like, what is it that you've, that you would give wisdom toward as, as our kids are starting to play sports and where, as you said so well, like there's so much vitriol, there's so much like, mm -hmm you know, people that are mad about what you're doing or not doing. And I said at the sidelines and this hasn't changed a lot, but you know, you just hear these people getting so mad and obsessed with their kids. Where's your brain with all that? That's a lot of questions in one. Thing. And you've seen the, like the evolution of like yeah. the culture yeah. when you were a kid versus, you know, probably when your boys yeah. were growing up and now 2022, you've seen that whole kind of arc. Yeah. I think if you go back in time to when I was a kid, a lot of times my parents didn't even know I was, playing in a game, you know, they, they were at the game and it was very common to not have yeah. any parents at our game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, and we would play and I was, you know, I, I was a kid who, who did pretty well in sports, mm -hmm. but I was, I was a, I tried to be a good teammate and, and just enjoyed hanging out and playing, but it was, it was not select or travel. It was like, yeah. you got, you had a, a, a blue shirt, John, you had a yellow, I had a green and, you know, the guy in right field didn't really, he was kind of looking around, you know, and there were maybe two good players on the team, but we didn't care. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, we play and then we do it like a two, four, six, you know, at the end of the game. And then at the end of the game, it was a sprint to get to the concession stand and see who could get the suicide where they get. Yeah. Code. yeah. yeah. There are more important things at stake. Oh, and then we'd stay all day at the park. Then we'd go to the Creek and we'd take our uniforms off and we'd have shorts on and we're like catching crawdads. And I mean, we were there all day and it was yeah. just, we were kids. Right. Yeah. And nobody was like, your speed coach started at three o'clock. Get your butt yeah. over here. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. None of that. Right. And so what happened to me because I'm guilty of this. I'm not pointing my finger. I'm I'm part of this generation. I think Earl Woods, Tiger Woods' dad, changed everything. Because wow. Merv Griffin show and Tiger Woods was like yes. three or four yeah, years old. Yeah. Pull up the video anytime you want. Yeah. Tiger Woods, it's a perfect golf shot. And that's how we all got introduced to Tiger Woods when he became a, a pro. And they were like, well, this all started back when he was three with his dad. And they would show that. My opinion, because my kids were right around three, four, five when that happened. Every dad said, "That's that's that's what you got to do." Holy, cow. whether it's basketball, baseball, football, music, whatever it was, right? They said, "That's what I have to do," and they became hands-on, and then they became very specialized. And there was a hitting coach and a throwing coach, 
And then these companies realized, oh my God, I can make a business out of this. And then they started saying, oh, if you're not doing this, you're gonna get left behind. And then I think my generation of parenting felt a sense of keeping up with the Joneses. Wow, totally. Johnny's doing it over there and Tommy's doing it. What? We're not doing it. We better, right. we gotta do it if they're doing it. We're gonna <laughs> yeah. get left behind. And so then everybody started doing it. And, and I think it's just grown and grown. And now you don't have a blue and a yellow and a green shirt. Now you're mm. travel at six. And yeah. these coaches are out of their effing minds coaching like they're in the World Series game seven mm. in like coach pitch. Nobody cares. There's no press conference after. But they're like, the kids don't even know the ground ball to shortstop. He's looking at the ball like, oh, look at the ball. <laughs> and they're like, throw it. Throw it, you know, and then right. he throws it over the first baseman's head. And instead of everyone just remaining calm, they're, they're, they're telling him to run the bait and they're just running. It's like 35 to 28 games. It's like, what are we doing? Totally. Yeah. And it's just, it only gets worse, you know, as they yeah. get older, the pressure and these parents don't hope that their kid one day will make it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Their kid is a If first they do it run. right, if they parent yeah. it right. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. And, and and anybody who gets in the way, it's like a snowplow. Anybody, a referee, an opposing coach, an opposing player, opposing parent of another team, there, a teacher who doesn't see eye to eye and gives them a bad grade. Anybody who gets in the way of our kids, we we clear out of the way yeah. and allow our kid to never have any any kind of uh, scabs on him of any kind. He has no. Yeah. He's never been challenged. He's never had any issues. And to me, I because I experienced this as a parent, thank God I kind of stepped away from that. And I said, okay, my kids went to Montgomery Bell Academy. They would come home with like a 27 on a, on a test, you know, like seventh grade when they're first getting introduced to the culture mm -hmm. there. And I would like be up at night, like dying, like, oh my God. And then I would put so much pressure on them on their homework and their quizzes. And it was every day I was like pounding the desk, like, and I'm like, what am I doing? This is insane. Right. So I just think it's an epidemic. Um, it's, it's in music, it's in mm. sports, it's right. in school. And when I was coming out, if you had a pulse, you could get into Ohio state. <laughs> now, now, you have to have like a 4.1 with a 35 yeah. on the ACT and you might, yeah. you might get in. Yeah. It's and that just... pulse better be at 30 beats per minute resting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so Kirk, I can't imagine how much pressure you must have felt because here you are as your face is synonymous with sort of football and especially college football. And then I can't, I'm literally thinking, I'm like, if I was you and you've got kids who are in this it's a great school here in Nashville, very competitive. I mean, sports are a big part of that, their little triangle of sort of, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. uh, priorities. You know, I can't imagine that'd be a struggle for me feeling like I'm sure people are side eyeing going, well, look, Herb Street's kids are here and he's obviously sort of the pinnacle of sports guy. Yeah. That must have been a really weird discipline. And how did you handle that with your boys? Like, how did you? That was hard. That was very you hard. Do that? What I did was because what you're describing, I, I don't know if this happened. But I felt like if my kids went and didn't do well, it was almost like, hmm, told you they're not very good. <laughs> or, or if they did well, it'd be like, oh, you know. You know and, okay. and my dream was they would just be treated like every other kid. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and Montgomery Bell right. did a, a really good job. The parents there were yeah, amazing. Yeah, 
but it's, it, it's what maybe I put on myself. Mm. And so what I would do is I would constantly mm. go to my kids one-on-one and tell them if I ever sensed anything, cause I'm really mm. big on paying attention to body language and mm. facial expressions. And if I ever sensed somebody was in a funk or I just sensed that somebody wasn't feeling good, mm. I would just pull them aside and just talk to them and just be mm. like, you know, reassure them that I love them mm. because of who they are. Mm. Not to just sound corny, but yeah. I really wanted them to feel this is not conditional love. Like you don't have to be the starter or the best mm. player or the captain for me to be like, now I'm proud of you. Give yeah, me a hug. Yeah, totally. I'm the opposite. Like if you decide you don't want to play or mm. you decide you want to go over here or you want to do that, man, I'm the first one that's going to high five you and I'm in your corner. You are not, I, I, I've lived my life. Yeah. This is your life. Yeah, there you I'm go. You there you go. Happy. That's great. With, with your life and what you're doing. And if you're going to do, if you're going to play the piano, then you're going to work your butt off to be the best at playing yeah. the piano that you can be. Yeah. If you're going to play sport, then we're going to work as hard as we can to be the best. That that yeah. was my only thing is yeah. if you're participating in something, yeah. then I want you to work at it. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and other than that, I just try to love them as hard as I could. Are you able, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally like, I'm trying not to giggle laughing at this stuff, but I'm like those poor football coaches. When you walked out, I'm like, hey, they're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you come to the game? Oh, God, please. Okay. What yeah. packages are we running? They're having oh, flashbacks of their fathers <laughs> coming to their games. Yeah. <laughs> they were amazing. They're, like, and, oh, they're, they're, they're great. But I just can't yeah. imagine. That'd be like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching some kid guitar or something, and I realize it's like, you know, John Mayer's kid, or it's like Carlos Santana's grandson. I'm like, yeah. wait, I'm doing this? Like, why? Yeah. He should be doing And you're going to sit I, and watch yeah. me do it? <laughs> That's exactly it's right. Horrifying. I can't imagine that. Okay, so I, I have one last question about the, the whole sports thing, and then we'll get going. Because um, we haven't even started yet. But <laughs> <laughs> Like, so when you're talking about, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in lockstep with everything that you're describing with sports and, and music, academics, all that kind of stuff. Like, that's really interesting that you bring up the Tiger Woods moment because that does feel like a really shit. Everybody knows that moment. Yeah. Um, and, and I know as a parent, like with my girls, like if you don't have them in whatever, like they're not in lessons yet or they don't have a private coach yet, you feel like, you're well what message am i sending to my child am i subliminally telling them well they're not as good as sadie down the road so that's why you don't have a coach or whatever and at the same time getting to see all the things that you did uh that we did growing up as kids like music and sports through the eyes of unconditional love yeah for your kids you know which is is really really refreshing and and such a great way puts everything in perspective. But again, last question about sports. You know, you talk about, you mentioned in the book that like, I think you compared your Ohio State team to your dad's Ohio State team or something like that, or the Ohio State team of 2020, I think it was. Yeah. Versus, and the, the difference being just the culture, how it's just so intense and back in, in oh, your yeah. dad's day, they were playing offense and defense. And then there was a story about the guy. I forget if, if it was your dad or not, who like played the game and then had his track suit on. Underneath. Was, like that, yeah. was that your dad? <laughs> yeah. That That's is amazing. insane. <laughs> but anyway, what, yeah. as I'm watching sports, 
right? And um, I feel like every time the Olympics comes around and world records are broken, and I'm a huge tennis fan, and you know Roger Federer's, yeah, you know record gets broken by Rafa Nadal. Now he's at 22. I'm just, I'm, I'm always like, what is the future of sports? How, mm. how can this continue? Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? What, yeah. what's your prediction on? Well, I want you to predict like you predicted COVID nineteen. Yeah, we have yeah, you on yeah. record right now. The, the amount of money that's going into sports, right? Yeah, makes you wonder: is there a bubble that's going to pop? Right. Because, um, and we're all for capitalism. You know, it's great that these guys are making what they make, but at some point, are the fans going to be like, "I'm out," you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing? I feel like we're getting there a little bit in some of the sports. Um, at the end of the day, though. I don't know how you guys feel, Dave. I know you probably watch it a little bit more than John, but I don't know if there's like I used to watch Friends, right? And I knew when Friends was on, and I knew what time and what channel. And I, if I wasn't there, I was in trouble. You know, I wouldn't see it that week. Now nobody turns on a TV in a house. The only time people turn on a TV in a house now, in my opinion, at least where I live, is if there's a big, you know, tennis match. You want to watch Nadal, or you want to watch. Monday night football or whatever it is you want to watch. It's, it's the only thing that we still have. If you want to watch hockey right now, you know, getting ready for Stanley cup finals, NBA's at the finals. Like you have to watch it. You, you know, you can, I guess DVR it and know the score and watch it the next day. But I think that's the one thing that sports live wow. events has over everything else as streaming kind of takes off and the world kind of changes all around us, I think people want to watch, if you're a, a, a sports fan, Tennessee playing Alabama and you're a Tennessee fan, that TV is on and you're watching. And so um, I think it is, everything's changing in our lives. Yeah. But I, but I do think that um, the popular sports in this country are remaining popular. The ratings are still really, really strong. And I think it's the only thing, the only really constant thing right now that we have that um that is rating well and there's still a big interest in watching it live you know i don't, yeah. I don't can you guys think of anything else that people want to watch live i um, wish i could say music but i'll start crying right here on the microphone <laughs> no so. i mean <laughs> yeah no I, I think you're right it's, it's sad yeah. really i yeah, mean yeah i miss those days you know yeah. but it's i've had to adjust because right. that's my now you know i i'm I, i'm streaming uh What's the uh, Better Call Saul? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm streaming it. And it's like, I'll go through, you know, I'll be laying in bed and I'm, I'll tell my wife, you want to watch? Yeah, let's watch. All of a sudden, it's like we're on our third one. It's like, you want to watch another one? I mean, it's just such, yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. such a different world now. Yeah. Totally. Um, compared to where we had to wait for Thursday at 8 o'clock when our, our show came on. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think live sports right now are still kicking, you know, and, and doing well. Yeah. And I'm, to I'm, you go ahead, John. <laughs> I have so many questions. I'm sure I know we have. Uh, I know we have a hard four and a half hours, Kirk. But <laughs> we have so many more questions. To get I, I'm sure that that every generation obviously has like things that are like that are changing that are scary. But do you think this you know drastic? I mean? Do you think this drastic? I don't know. I mean, I mean our I, parents. My parents went from hmm. listening to radio, like on a Friday night, they might get around the radio and listen to a story or a movie but on the radio right to a point right. where 
when they were raising me, I'll never forget. We went from three turn, you know, three stations. Mm -hmm. We had to get up and actually uh -huh. move the TV and had the, the ears on the top, the antenna, and you get two channels in good and, and the third one, not so good. And so they saw that to a point where all of a sudden we had a cable box and we could turn the cable, but is that really as drastic? You know, no, they, it does. They, it they does probably, seem like it's getting more and more, oh my more like exponentially. Like their crazy. big, their big thing was probably, oh my god, what's MTV? Why are they mm, playing videos right. on yeah. the TV? Yeah, yeah. And my kids won't leave. Why are they watching? Yeah, Michael Jackson Thriller. You mentioned earlier, like right, why right, they, right. So yeah. why are they watching this? Why aren't right. they? We used to listen on the radio, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's like, damn, now we're. We're just going, I can't what, even imagine now. My kid plays this virtual reality video game. Oh yeah. And I hear from friends, they're like, that's the future. That, that's yeah. people are going to have virtual reality. And they'll be able to sit in their kitchen and physically go to a concert and watch a concert and look around and right. like watch, a, right. watch a band play. And I'm it like, feels, it feels that like that the, the, the next generation is going to lose everything. Yeah, But I do feel like I, I remember talking with my father-in-law once about what was that when he was growing up. And he said he remembers when David Bowie yeah. kind of hit the scene and there was sort of that like parents were scared, like this is going to yeah. take the next generation oh, down. I can't imagine. You know? Yeah. And yeah. it all it probably always seems looking back so, you know, docile. You know, like the comparison to every generation, it's like every generation thinks that they're the next generation is going to just lose it. And they feel like the comparison to what they had is not even a comparison. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think I think that's gone on and on and on. It's yeah. so true. But I just don't know if it's ever been it as big of a change as it is right now. Well, yeah. you know, the, the change that is the most fascinating to me is physically what is, I mean, you kind of spoke to this uh, a minute ago, Kirk, like, but like you're talking about, like, if you think about your granddad's team versus just size, if you just put his lineman up against the 2022 OSU oh, lineman, it's right. David and Goliath. Yeah. And yeah. so the thing that I get one, I enjoy truthfully, like I'm a huge soccer fan. I love college football. I, I, I just like sports. I benefit from seeing guys that are and girls that are better now than they used to be because they can just yeah. do more things. I mean, yeah. women dunk like basically if you play basketball, you can dunk now. And I mean, Lord knows the three of us can remember like the one guy, you knew in yeah. high school that would dunk yeah. that, you know, I almost yeah. want to get his autograph and he sat next to me. In half. <laughs> right. But, you know, it was but but what's fascinates me. And I mean, this is like a TED talk. I would love to hear someone speaking on how we're just the generations below us are getting better because they see it. You know what I mean? I think that's why I can dunk now is because when TV was at its apex and Jordan is dunking kids that were our age were like, Oh, I guess I should learn how to dunk. And so that had never been a thing before. Like yeah. you knew a couple guys that could dunk, but now if you're playing basketball, you are trying to dunk as a 10, 12, 13 year old kid all the time. Yeah. yeah. So you got to think 10 years from now, literally everybody in the NBA is going to be able to dunk because that's yeah. just, so I think one thing is exciting because you see people better in sports globally are still kind of new you think about televised sports that's a very new thing like 56 yeah. years old so you're, you're going to understand how it changes so quickly because if i can see it it's like oh now i, I know what i'm trying to do and now i yeah. can do it at a much earlier age so one one thing is you're seeing advances in these sports that is amazing because people can just do things they can never do before but to your point kirk i think when does that when does that get 
unhealthy? When are we seeing obsessions with things take too early in a kid's life? Or when are we demanding too much from people that's just kind of like they're doing things to their body that are just not smart anymore? I think we've already crossed that bridge, really. Yeah. Um, going back to what we had said earlier. <laughs> I didn't know you could stretch that far. That's amazing. I can't. That's actually a friend of mine. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Do you, speaking of your friends, do Uh you ever bring your kids to the grocery store? Oh, Dave, that's like the rookiest of rookie mistakes. No. In fact, you shouldn't even bring yourself to the grocery store. Whoa. It's Thrive Market all the way, Dave. That was a trick question, and that is also Uh. the right answer, John. (laughs) Thrive Market is our go-to for all our grocery and household essentials and the convenience of ordering everything on their website or app and getting everything delivered to your doorstep quickly is a huge stress reliever. Huge stress reliever. And the products are amazing. Mm -hmm. Plus, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks and trust that you're getting high-quality products mm. so that you can shop worry-free. Yes. I don't like to shop worried. You know what <laughs> God, I mean? Worry shopping is the worst. <laughs> you just place an order for some gluten-free items, like using the gluten-free filter. Ooh. Boom. It just gives you all the gluten-free stuff. Wow. I got Fit Joy Grain-Free Pretzels. Yeah. P.I.P. Corn White Cheddar Cheese Balls. Guys, for those of us in the loop, it's called Pipcorn. No, no, no. I call it... PIP. It's a, again a Midwestern okay. regional thing. <laughs> totally. And I got some Lotus ramen noodles. You are off. You're just off. You're, I'm off to cra- the races. You are Dave. crazy. John. Not only do I save time shopping as a Thrive Market member, I also save money on every single grocery order. Over thirty percent each time on average. That's they crazy. even have a price match guarantee and a deals page that changes weekly. That's right, Dave. In fact, on my last order, not to be you know competitive about it, but my last order of gluten free items, the cost was four. $46. I saved 11 bucks. <sighs> I saved 10 last time. Plus, when you enjoy Thrive Market, and you can enjoy it and join it, John. I was trying to make both those it's words It's not work. an either or. It's, you can, guys, it's choose your own adventure, okay? <laughs> and when you join and enjoy Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash dadbill for 30% off your first order plus free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dadbill. Thrivemarket.com slash dadbill. And join today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. There, there's a, um, a documentary called The Race to Nowhere. As no young dads, you guys should watch that. You can, should definitely look that up. Mm. It's um, It tells how, again, parents are putting almost such unrealistic um, expectations, both socially, athletically, and academically. And these, you know, suicide rates for teens is through the roof, highest yeah. it's ever been. Yeah. And you throw in social media, which can you imagine – you know, relating to being a 16 year old or a 17 year old. And these apps have these little icons where you can see like 
oh my God, there's 20 people over at, you know, Brian's house. Mm -hmm. How right. come, how come I didn't I'm not, get Yeah, no. And so, yeah. or people making fun of, you know, on social media, like what you wore that day to school or whatever, you know, how kids can tease. Yeah. If a kid's going through a hard time um, and he's not hitting those A's, 95, he got an 88, but mm. that's not good enough. You know, it's yeah. just, it's so much stress. And I think you, over into sports, it's you, you made that travel team, but you didn't make this travel team. <laughs> You better yep. start working. I mean, you yep. you don't start working, you yep. have no chance because again, the expectation is go to the MLB or go to the NBA or go to the NFL. It's right. not, hey, let's just try to be the best we can be right yeah. now. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it's easy to say that as we sit here in a conversation, but when when you're actually in the middle of it, you're comparing yourself to other people. And I'm saying parents. Oh yeah, comparing yeah. yourself to other people who their kids doing that and their kids doing that. We're not doing that over here. We, we better up the ante. We got to, we got to really start. And right. I just feel like, man, I going back to when I was a kid, parents didn't even know where we were. Like yeah. <laughs> we were just in the backyard playing or we were down the street. Like they didn't even, they weren't even yeah. involved. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and now it's just, it's, it's, and it's not, I don't know how it changes. I, I just don't know how yeah. we can, how to downshift. That's my point where I think, you know, we've crossed that bridge already right. with, with U Sports. And and I and one thing I'll say also about TV, living it and, and being a part of it, when High Def came out, you know, the, the TV experience has really changed to a point mm. where me included, do I really want to go to the game and deal with the traffic and deal with the concessions and deal with the parking? Or I just want to sit here on my 50 inch flat screen and watch yeah. the, probably a better view of yep. the golf match or the game, right. or whatever yep. it is you, you, the production value now, of these, these events, it's better than going to the game. So yep. that that's really changed, I think as well. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. that is a very real struggle for me. I mean, we have so many, I mean, obviously you know this from living here too, Kurt, but like, there's so many great, but like, like, God, do I want to, we got to get out of the car and then I'm just, yeah. 10 feet from a TV where I'm sitting watching these yeah. people seeing every blade of grass, you know, yeah. it's like, and people, more and more people are home gating, you know, yes. it's, it's, uh -huh. you have, home gating, <laughs> have three or four people or couples over and just hang yeah, out. Yeah. You just watch the game. Well, and I will say, look, not to point fingers here, but you are uh, to blame for a lot of this <laughs> shift because it's because you get used to hearing Kirk Herb street and you want to, you know, that's a part of the thing. So like, if you go to the game, not only is it expensive, et cetera, et cetera, but yeah. like that voice that like, you know, like Chris Fowler yeah, calling Wimbledon with John McEnroe, like yeah. that is part of it for me. Sure. Now maybe bad example. Cause if I could go to the Wimbledon final, I would be yeah, like 100%. Be sweet. But, I agree. I but agree. yeah. Yeah. It's a weird, I tell you one of the things in this whole conversation, but I, one of the things that's been fascinating for me, I'm a huge Arsenal fan. Like I love, Sadly, I live, eat, and breathe Arsenal. I love them. It is crazy how much listening to commentators or having headlines or Twitter, people you follow that are like um, journalists for the team or for a London newspaper, and they're, yeah. how much what they have to say colors my experience of a game. And, and, and when we'll, you know, when we'll listen to me like I'm on the team, uh, they haven't called me back <laughs> in a couple years, but it's close. Um, they need a 43-year-old 5'11 out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> That's just crazy. for reference, just, just, just to show how good those guys are. 
right. <laughs> the Emmy sprint against him. Just be like, hey, I know you had a bad season, but look, you're still killing this guy. Um, but, you know, the thing that I find it like you can watch a game and it's really frustrating. Like you lose, you know, and you're like and then, boy, you start checking headlines and what ESPN and FC has to say. And all of a sudden I'm like, we didn't lose. We got killed. And this is the end of the season. Like we we shouldn't even play the rest of the games. Our, we're terrible. And I'm like, hold on. I had to go through a season. This is handled a Bible truth where I had to turn the commentating off because it was so affecting how I viewed the game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's to John's yeah. point. It's like I, because these, you know, you get the wrong commentator, and the guy's like, oh, this is just their season. It's my and the terrible. This is what you get when you don't have good coaches. And I was like, hold on. This is just some guys running around. Like just mute it. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is a much easier watch yeah. or just how much to your point, Kirk, it's kind of like high def. You just have all this information that's something that used to be like you're saying, you're watching your kids play and then you go home and it was like, you won or you lost more. Now it's like, no, you, it's not just watching because this affects their grades and what happens if they can't get into college or, and you're like, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Is, you yeah. know, and I, and I feel like when, when you, um, when you call a game for me, my, my style is more of. I try to be a, like a, a person who's going to help the viewer. Um, I'm very rarely am I critical. Right, I'm, more right. of, I'm trying to like, if a guy throws an interception, I'm trying to explain why he threw an interception or what a great play by the safety. Cause he read the route right, and right. up and made a play. I, I just think one thing that fans um, probably don't have an appreciation for is how much goes into, um, you know, whether it's a soccer match or a football game, the, they're human beings that are out there. That's they don't, right. They're not perfect every single uh -huh. rep or every, they're going to make mistakes. Mm. And I think that as a broadcaster, it's important to understand that not everything that the coach draws up mm. is the way it works. In yeah. fact, it never works exactly the way yeah. you, it rarely does it work that way. So you know, human, the human skill set comes into play and, you know, mistakes come in and, and strengths come in and, and that's just all kind of stirred up into like ingredients. Yeah. And it's up to you to try to make the, the most out of what you have to work with, you know, on a given play or, or a given game. But yeah, I, it's too much fun to be. Yeah. Critical yeah. And, yeah. Well, well having, it, having I, your voice, a part of uh, like a football game, is is critical i think because there's so much going on in any given play and somebody like you knows yeah that that wide receiver completely or or that quarterback it looks like he just threw it to nowhere yeah but probably what happened there is that wide receiver was supposed to go left and or whatever you know and that's some that's a level a yeah. layer of the game that is lost on somebody like me so having a voice be there yeah. to be like well hang on hang on hang on you know there's more happening here see dave i think john knows a little bit more about sports say, i was gonna say. you know what's funny is that i, I he's <laughs> privately playing this role but meanwhile he's like click 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 <laughs> i yes. have a, i have a herb street osu jersey on underneath <laughs> sure. now what's funny now, is all of John's that what i just bit. described all no, of what? that that i just described is from one sports illustrated uh, article I read like 20 years ago. <laughs> well, what you just described is fantastic. And it's, yeah. It's yeah. You got it. Kirk, that's it's, the other 5% that I knew was accurate. in there. We hit decliner. It's accurate what you just said, because hopefully we can, you know, I try to do a game like I'm talking to my wife mm. or, or my mom. Yeah. 
you know, like I, and I, I'm there to try to say how or why something just happened or for John, you know, if John's not really into it, hopefully he can watch, you you probably never have, but if you ever watched next year, a game that I'm calling, hopefully you can be like, you know what? Mm. I don't know all the players' names or what's, but that I, I can I can kind of follow this. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can get something out of this. Like if I ever heard that from somebody, man, that that to me is yeah, that's great. What it's really all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned how you know whatever the the coach lays out isn't always how it goes, and all, it's kind of like it reminds me of that Mike Tyson quote: like everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. And it, that is uh, very apt right now because Dave and I had a plan going into this interview. And we not, so deep. I have like 40 questions about your book, Out of the Pocket. It's a great book. So I just want to say everyone should download it, buy it. It's a great book. It was really yeah, great. I appreciate uh, it. And there's so e- much in there. Easy read. Easy read. Real simple. Um, well, it was great. It was. It, there's so much in there that... Sadly, we're just not going to get to talk about. But I, I was a couple of things that I just want to say is one. I mean, you've got this guy, this great looking blue eyed, all American uh, who Bleacher Report put on the list of people in sports who, quote, stopped aging. Right. Congratulations on that. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. We should have led with that on yeah. on the cover. <laughs> and you and but I was struck by how like real and vulnerable you were about your struggles and your your struggles at uh in sports and and growing up and all that and there's so much about your um your upbringing and how many times you moved and your relationship with your your dad and the divorce and then they get back together but not romantically but they've lived in the same house you know for the for for the kids and all that it's just so fascinating um but i just wanted to ask you one question about your dad um and for those of you who haven't read the book like pause it right now read the book and then come back to this um and also rate and and subscribe and send dave and i money (laughs) but you speak so kindly about your father while at the same time being very uh, open and honest, and you say that your dad, you felt like always gave you just enough of himself to make you want more, you know? So you're very, you're, you're honest about the situation and his sort of shortcomings and all that. And that the long relationship that you guys had, what do you think it was that allowed you to be so benevolent toward that? relationship and and is that how you felt you know in 2021 as you're writing the book or was that was that how you felt all growing up or was that something that you had to just kind of finally come to well so my dad was was i was the classic case of you know my dad was a a football player himself he was a captain at ohio state he coached Mm -hmm. with woody hayes and and bo schembechler and i grew up idolizing him yeah and I lived, in, you ever see the movie Sandlot? I, I kind of lived yep. in a neighborhood like Sandlot where we were just always out playing ball and doing things and boys and girls. And we were playing four square freeze tag, you know, just everything and um, hide and seek. That was all we did. And all of a sudden my parents didn't argue. It wasn't like, you know, an abusive relationship. My dad wasn't drunk, coming home angry. He was kind of like Richie Cunningham from the show Happy Days. He was just a very nice guy. 
all of a sudden one day my mom packed up a car and we were moving my brother and sister and I were moving out my dad was had been out for uh, the house for a couple of weeks I, I was seven years old I had no idea really what was happening and we moved we were in Ohio and we moved to a different suburb about probably 35 40 minutes away and and then from that point on, my dad was never in my life mm. the way I would ever wanted him. He remarried and mm. my mom remarried. I, like I think I told you, I went to nine schools from mm. kindergarten to, to ninth grade. Um, it was a hard thing for me. As, again, just not, I didn't enjoy being the new kid. Um, I had more stepbrothers and sisters that I could uh, keep up with, you know, and they're it was just a weird time to, and my one place I could escape all that was sports. Yeah. It was watching sports or playing sports. And, um, you know, as I went through all that and then my final place I moved was back to this, this high school in this area called Centerville. And like you said, my mom and dad been both remarried and, and then both divorced. They decided of the, the of their last three children, me, we've been through hell and back. Let's just give him, some sense of normalcy. Let's move into one house together. Mm. Let him have a high school, ninth grade to 12th grade. Let him be in this house and go to this high school. Oh, okay. So it was just you at home at that point. Yeah. By then everyone Jeez, else. Was down. And they, my dad basically, we were in Dayton, Ohio. My dad would drive up to Cleveland, which was like four hours away. And he'd be there working Monday through Friday. And it was just my mom and I, and then my dad would come home on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And all my friends, like until they got to know me, they just assumed because my parents would go to games together. They, mm -hmm. you know, they became friendly right. um, through after all that, which I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. But then as I got married and had kids, my dad remarried again. And then he had another family to raise because her kids were young. And he kind of unplugged from me and my mm -hmm. siblings and kind of raised that that other family. And so we wouldn't see him that much when I became a young adult. And so I think what the message in this, this book, by the way, that I, I wrote, even though I'm a football player and I'm a broadcaster of football, um, it's really more about dads and sons. And mm. It's really more about not a how-to book, but more of just my story and, and the things that I've experienced. And, yeah. and hopefully for people that they either went through something similar or they're going through it right now, maybe as an adult with their kids, but divorce is nasty. And if it's not, you know, handled well uh, with the kids, it can be, it can be a life. It, it can last your entire lifetime. You yeah. know, like holidays for me when I was in my twenties and thirties and forties were a nightmare because mm. I was worried about trying to be the fixer and trying to make everyone happy. And I felt a real sense of being in the middle of, cause you know, my mom would get emotional and upset if I mm. spent too much time with my dad, even to the day, you know, he passed. And so it was mm. a really a bizarre, challenging thing to try to balance out. But I never got angry. My older brother did. I never mm. got angry or had resentment or I just had more sadness, more mm. of like, I mean, I wish I had, like you said, I wish I had him more. I wish yeah. he, was a, he was kind of a procrastinator. He was a put things on the back burner. He didn't like controversial situations. So he would just be like, yeah, I'll call you next Tuesday, you know? And then he would just kind of Tuesday would come and go and, you know, you know what I'm coming, I'm go I'll be coming through there next week. And it was just, it was just one of those things where he didn't do it, not because he didn't want to see me, but, but he didn't want to deal with my mom. Hmm, he didn't want to yeah. get you know, yelled at or, 
deal with something. So he would just be like, yeah, I'll do that later kind of thing. Yeah. And weeks went by, months went by and years went by. And, and next thing I know, he was really just kind of in and out of my life. So that was the guy that I grew up idolizing and worshiping. And then he had Alzheimer's when I got older and, and you know, and then, you know, then he was gone. Um, yeah. He died of a brain aneurysm. And it's just like, and you know, that happened in 2017. And so just kind of left it to, to be like, man, I wish I had, you know, especially mm -hmm. at this age, I wish I had him. I'd take him on the road with me to games as I'm broadcasting, mm -hmm. you know, and he could sit in the booth and, and just mm -hmm. how cool would that be for him to do that? But, it, you know, yeah. I, I didn't get that opportunity really to do that. So that, 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 that was really um, a big part of what the, what the book was about that relationship and mm. how much it was really good at times. And, 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 um, hopefully encourages people that are maybe going through mm. tough times with their dad, because guys, I, it's amazing how many boys and young men and men have a challenge with their dad mm. yeah. in yeah. some way. They, there's just not, there's a lack of communication. There's a lack of my dad thought I was going to go this route and I ended up going this route and he's mm. never really seen eye to eye with me since or whatever it is. There's just a lot of times there's either miscommunication or animosity between a father and a son. And um, this is just a subtle reminder to people to just try to try to uh, build that bridge and, and have that relationship. with, with dad. Um so, so we have two questions we end with. We'll get to after this question. Last question for you. How do you think that, and this may be something you're like, dude, I need a whole other podcast for this, but how do you think that has informed how you've been a dad, like your experience with your dad? Yeah. Well, for me, I, I took the good because there was a lot of good for my dad mm -hmm. and my mom. And I, and I tried to, to use that the best that I could in being a dad myself. But then like my dad was not a great listener. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, there were so many times I would be so excited. The one person I would want to tell mm -hmm. something to, I would tell him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when somebody's like in the middle of doing something and it's like, oh, yeah, oh, that's great. That's great. And they didn't really hear you. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times that happened mm -hmm. to me. Or I would, um, you know, I would say, my dad, I just got back from game day that I, I really wanted to tell you, I, I, I was in Pete Carroll's office when this is when USC was Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner. Mm -hmm. I said, uh, coach call, called me into his office. And it was just me and him on the, on the board. And he was like going over his defense, which at the time was the best in the country. And it was just, I was a young analyst and I was just fascinated that he was taking the time to kind of go through for an hour, all this different stuff, which really helped me do my job as a broadcaster. And as I would start to share any kind of stories like that, he would hear like the first 20 or 30 seconds. Mm. And then he would inevitably, it was his way of trying to relate. Right. Sometimes you just need to let someone tell you something. Mm. He would inevitably just flip it to, you know, when Woody, uh, and he would just go into a story mm. about him and Woody or him and Bo. And it was, just, and I would just, as time went on, I would just go, mm. I would just yeah. completely shut down. And just like, uh huh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like yeah. I wouldn't say, "What the hell are you doing? Will you listen to me?" I would yeah. never do that. Mm, yeah, I would just be like, hurt, like just, mm. ooh. And it's amazing yeah. for dads when you don't take the time to listen to your your kids. Mm. How painful! I'm living proof how painful that is to the point as an adult. If I'm talking to people, 
And I don't usually open up and talk to people. Mm. But when I do, if I sense that they're, you know, mm. I just immediately just like shake their hand and yeah, I'm, ready to, I'm nothing right. against them, but I'm ready to like, like a punch them. Like I'm just so angry, yeah. Yeah. Down, but it just brings up those emotions. So I, I just would encourage you. I know we're all busy. You know, we got their phones and we got everything going on. Mm. Man, if your kid's talking to you, mm. that's probably the biggest thing that I learned from him is wow. I could be doing anything. If one of my kids say, hey, dad, I'm like, hold on a second. And I just go. That's amazing. Yeah. Up, you know, yeah. and, and I think it's because I'm telling you, if you never experienced that, mm. that is that's that's awful. Yeah. So just you said you have a lot of dads that listen mm. to that. I would I would yeah. encourage them to to definitely just listen, listen to your kids. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We talked to a guy once who, who said one of the, my favorite things I've heard on this podcast, the guy said that he wouldn't, he, he, we were talking about, we were so fascinated by parents who were still close to their kids that like had kids that were like, you know, getting to where yours are and they still want to be yeah. together. Yeah. And, and, and this guy, our friend, uh, Mike said, you know, anytime I'm around a family like that, I always ask the parents, like, what have you done to do this? Like, and he said, you know, majority of the version of the answer is something like we just try to pay attention. Yeah. And it's exactly what you're saying. I've, I've thought about that so much because it's such a struggle with me. You know, if I'm doing something, to we're just all, stop we're all guilty doing. of it. We're yeah. all, yeah. We're all we're, I mean, it's especially right now. Yeah. You know, like there's yeah. just so many distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah. it's even, it's, it's easier than ever now to not realize how distracted you actually are. Yeah. We had this guy, Kurt Thompson on the podcast and he talked about uh, studies that, that they've done that show what happens in a child's brain when they even see that their parents are on their phone or even when the phone is in the room, he said, if like the kid knows the phone's in the room, like dad's phone is in the room it's sort of this weird kind of triangulation that they yeah. somehow without even being able to know that they're doing it they're they're calculating that you know yeah so. yeah okay kirk so you are a legend thank you so much yes, for hanging we do, so we do much. we do yeah. two quick questions here to, to wrap yeah. it up so um okay i'll ask first so what is the one th- oh let me say this too actually before i say this i was just thinking and just uh with you obviously Congrats on the new deal, by the way. Thank you. What a what a fun thing. Thanks. So with all the airtime you're going to be getting, John and I are just going to know sort of as like a code word that you are giving <laughs> a shout out to us for every time you say interception. That's, yeah. We're just going to take that as like, that's <laughs> that's you. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you don't even have to wink or anything. We'll just That'll come know. here. That's <laughs> us. Either that's that or touchdown. Deal. But I do feel like either one of those are not common enough. It makes it special. Um, so let me. All right. So here's the first question of the two. Uh, what is the one thing that you want your kids to know? Uh, we kind of, we've kind of touched on it. It's just they they uh, mean everything to me, and I don't just say that. I mean they. They, I was talking to a buddy of mine on a podcast before I came on here, and he's a younger guy. He played at Clemson, and he's like, man, I'm about to become a dad. Uh, July, early July, first, first kids. And I was just like, I always tell people this, like, there's nothing I can tell you because nobody can tell me anything from the time my kids were born. Like when your your first kids are, my, in my case, it was twins. Mm-hmm. When they're born and you see them, it's just it's just okay now i'm living i'm living and making decisions yeah 
for somebody else. So I just hope my kids at the end of the day know how much they mean to me. You know, yeah. that's like, like, like to my core, they're, 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 they're I, all this cool stuff on TV, but they're, they're the guys when I'm 55, 60, 70, 80, I just want to be hanging out with them and their wives yeah. and their kids. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. great. All right. We're at the last question here. Yeah. Uh, many, many, many decades, decades, years, years from now, Nadal has won his 40th major. <laughs> Are you more Nadal or Federer? Oh, uh, oh, more Federer. Okay, we we got we need 45 more minutes, real quick. <laughs> now, Federer is the, the the epitome of grace. Like yes, is, yes, dead. Probably the probably the greatest champion. I would put him in that like Tom Brady kind of yeah. level, like one of the greatest champions I've ever watched and mm. just elegant, just like yes. classy mm -hmm. poetry, just totally. Just, and the doll is more physical yeah. and athletic and just a whole different level of, of athleticism and power. I mean, I, I love them both too, but I just think Federer, the way he carries himself, they're both arguably the greatest of all time. It's been fun to watch that era. Yeah, it is funny how they they both like Nadal is grinding out the match. Yeah. Like yeah. he he will have a broken foot at the end of it, yeah. but he will yeah. beat you in five sets and six hours or whatever. Yeah. And Federer somehow is like, is he touching the ground? He's mm. I don't I don't know how his body is moving just, that way. He's just floating. You're so right. So graceful. You're right. And then Joker comes in and he's kind of like the wild man coming in. That, you know, if, if I, if I could, you know, if I could, um, have written the story on Federer, cause Federer is probably my, my number one. I love all three of them, but I, I wish I could go back to, to Wimbledon final 2019, which was a great match between Djokovic and Federer. And if yeah. Federer, he had, he had like, I don't know how many match points Yeah, and it just couldn't close it out. And then Djokovic won. I feel like if he would have won that match and then retired, I mean, he's like, he's 40 now, I think. Yeah. Or he'll, or he will be that. That's the way that story should have gone. Yeah. That would have been like what Peyton Manning got. That's what yeah. Federer should have got. He deserves, you yeah. know? Yeah, for sure. Anyway, he's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Is that, was that your hey, question? You with us? You with us? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I was zoned out for a second. Right. What's that? Right now. <laughs> now, Arsenal, that's near Georgia. Is that right? <laughs> No, last question. Um, <laughs> what is it that you want your boys to say at your funeral? Oh, my gosh. Oh, thankfully, I haven't thought of that question. Um, just, just for a guy that has had to live in the public eye, they know who I am. Mm. And... I, I just hope, you know, that, that you're dad to them. And I think I've done that up to this point. You know, there's the guy that you're on TV and then there's the guy that you are every day, you know, walks, walking around and, you know, in your boxer briefs around the house, you know, mm -hmm. with, and I just hope they know, and they do, but they know how much, um, this world right here in this house, how, how much this means to me and how I treated them. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I don't, I didn't ever put a persona on. I was as real as I could be. And, I, you know, they knew how much I would be at every event that they ever participated in. 
I mean, I would go to game day, fly back on Friday, go to their games, um, not to be patted on the back in any way, but because I didn't want to, I would either retire or I would have to fly back to their games because I'm not, I'm not missing um, anything that they were involved with. So hopefully they just know how much they were a priority to both my wife and I, Mm -hmm. but uh, end of the day, just, just, he was dad to us. He was Mm -hmm. a real person who gave us everything that he had. That's what I hope. That's great. Yeah. It's so good. You are such a stud. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. The book is great again. It's great a talk about read. Uh, yeah. yeah, and congrats on the new season. Hope everything goes well, and let us know if you need some color commentary. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Hey, uh, I got your number now. I'll shoot you a text next time I come to Nashville. Yeah, come through. Come through. Grab some lunch. That's yeah. Great. All right. All right. Good to see you. Thanks Good luck again. to you guys. Yes. Yeah, thanks. Dead fish.